Let's look uh, in verse number 22 tonight. Acts 16. Verse number 22. Very familiar. Very familiar passage here. How many of y'all know the story? I've heard the story, read the story of Paul and Silas uh, when they are locked up in jail. And that's where we are tonight. And um, I hope the Lord will speak to you somehow or another. Look at verse 22. Acts 16, verse number 22. If you're there, say amen. The Bible said, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes, commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, pay attention to that, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. And when he had brought them out into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was, what's it say? Day. The magistrate sent and the surgeon saying, let those men go. Let's stop there for sake of time tonight. I want to key in on verse 35. It says, and when it was day. And then I want to key in on verse number uh, verse number, where'd it go? Verse number 25, the Bible said, and at midnight. So we have here two uh, different times, two different days, if you will. Uh, where they have started this text at midnight and then they end it in the day. And so if I could, I want to preach on this thought, how to get from midnight to daylight. How to get from midnight to daylight. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank for this day. Thank for the opportunity to be here this this evening. I pray, God, Lord, for liberty. I pray that you'd help me to preach the Word of God. Uh, Lord, you give us that great commission and you give me that charge. When I was called, God, to be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And God, I pray that I'd be faithful to you tonight, Lord, that I'd preach in the power, the demonstration of the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, open our ears, but most importantly, I pray, God, that we'd open our hearts to the Word of God, that you'd speak us, help us, for what you do in this time, we'll thank you in Jesus' name, and all the Lord's people said, amen and amen. Uh, can I say this evening, just by way of introduction, that there are some midnight times that are coming. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but when I look at this text, not only do I see some men who have been thrown into prison, but I really begin to focus on their circumstance, a midnight hour. Has anybody, and I'm going to need some help tonight, has anybody ever been in the midnight hour? I'm talking about when the lights go out. Seem like nothing's going your way. 
uh, all the news you get's bad news. All the feelings you get's bad feelings. All the stories you hear, bad stories. All the emotions that you may encounter are bad and negative. I'm talking about midnight hours. And here's here's the, the fact of the matter. I wish I could tell you uh, that if you'll serve God and be faithful and show up to church and live a good life and please the Lord and read your Bible and pray that midnights don't come. But you better know something tonight, and I think we all do. Midnights are a reality. As a matter of fact, if you were to look at why Paul and Silas were, were in this midnight, why they were in prison, we didn't read it for sake of time, but it's simply, uh, if you'll go above verse 22 and start reading, what you'll find is they're just being faithful to do what God called them to do. Uh, they're preaching and teaching and singing and praying and we're testifying and witnessing and baptizing. I mean, they've done nothing wrong, so to speak, but nonetheless, what comes in their life a midnight hour can I say tonight that I'm glad that life does not have to stop when it goes to midnight I'm glad that we don't have to quit when we live in the midnight hours I'm glad that we've got a God who is faithful in our midnight times and hours and seasons and days listen I hope you've come to get a little encouragement tonight that's why I'm here I want to let you know it's not always been sunshine around here. Can I get a witness? And that seemed like every time the sun does start to shine, just as soon as it peeks through the clouds, I can hear the thunder rumbling. I can see a lightning flashing. Seem like every time somebody uh, somebody comes or somebody gets saved or, or something good happens right behind those daytime, those sunshine hours is another storm and another midnight. But listen to me tonight. God is looking for faithfulness. We're not going to go to heaven and God going to say, well done, thou good and prosperous, or well done, thou good and fervent, or well done, thou good and excited, well done, thou good and studied. Oh no, it's going to be well done, thou good and faithful servant. Listen, you know how to please God in your life? Do you know it don't take nothing but faithfulness to please God? What can I say tonight? It is not necessarily even our faith that pleases God. We understand that without faith it's impossible to please God but let me say something the object of our faith is more important than us having faith what is our object of faith it's the Lord Jesus Christ he's the one that is satisfying he's the one that brings pleasure and honor and glory to everything that you and I may or may not do in this Christian life and so Paul and Silas have been faithful to do what God's called them to do but what happens sure enough the devil rises up, if you will. Uh, the opposition comes against them. The enemy starts to lie and slander and 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 move and and sneak in the, in ways to imprison these men in their midnight hour. But we cannot uh, forget what just took place. Look down again in verse number twenty-two or verse number, excuse me, verse number twenty-five. And at midnight, during the darkest times of their life, during the times that they have just gotten a punishment they did not deserve during a time when there's more against them than there is for them during a time when the sun's not shining but the stars and the dark clouds are uh, lying overhead during those times what does the man of God do at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them I'm telling you tonight that midnight does not last 
forever. But you must understand, as long as you're in the midnight, you still have to be faithful if you're going to go from midnight to daylight. Can I get a witness tonight? And so how do we do this? I've got four little things I want to give you tonight. Four little things, how to get from midnight to daylight. Number one, I want to say this. If you're going to go from midnight to daylight, you must continue to praise. You must continue. I know the crowd's down, but the Lord's still good. Can I get a witness? You must continue to praise tonight. In verse 25, I want you to see something. I've never really paid attention to this. But the Bible says this. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Notice the next word. There's a comma. There's a pause. And sang praises. Does everybody see that? They didn't just pray and sing. I want you to understand something tonight. May I say they were not in this instance praying for God to break them out of prison. I would have always preached. I, I mean, I preached a long time and I would have I probably preached that wrong a thousand times. Oh, they prayed and God heard their prayers. No, they didn't pray and ask God for them to get out of prison. How do you know, preacher? Because when the doors opened, they didn't leave. Uh, my friend, if, if you and me's in jail and we're asking God, oh God, bust the doors down. You know what we're going to do when the doors get bust down? We're going to run out like a bunch of banshee Indians. Uh, but my friend, they stayed in the prison. They were not praying for God to break them out or for God to open the doors so they could leave. They were praying praises. Has anybody ever praised God in prayer? There's a continuation. They prayed and sang praises. They were praying. In other words, Lord, I know it's dark and I know it's dim and Lord, I know people think we're crazy, but God, I remember where I was on that Damascus road. Lord, when you came by and knocked me off my high horse and God I remember what it was like to stand uh, in the pools in the puddles of blood uh, as I would sit and be a partaker of persecuting your church and God I remember what it was like uh, uh, when I cussed you and lived uh, a life that that opposed you and disappointed you but thank God Lord I'm glad tonight uh, that I'm in a prison cell for your glory and for your honor I can imagine Paul saying Lord if I got what I deserved I wouldn't be in prison I'd be in hell and so God I thank you Lord for an opportunity to stand and preach and get imprisoned for doing what you've called me to do listen you can't stop praising God in the midnight hour you've got to continue to pray and praise they were praying praises I think that's, that's amazing to me they were not at again the, the whole thing, I was listening to a preacher preaching. He made that statement. And I went and looked at it. And God started dealing with me. And I got two messages out of all this. Off at, uh, off, I was listening to preaching. A lot of times that's how I get thoughts generated. I listen to preaching and generate thoughts. And, and, and he said, God, he was, preaching on, he was preaching on when God gives increase. And he was talking about how uh, that, that Paul and Silas, they had something to do. God had them there for Listen, you, you're not in your midnight. Listen to this statement. You never go into a midnight season by mistake. Are you listening to me tonight? I mean, God is not caught off guard when the storm clouds are hovering over your life. 
You listen, when you're praying prayers seem like they're not going nowhere and you're broken hearted and you're disappointed, you're aggravated and you're frustrated and you're mad or you're sad or you're hurt or maybe even bitter or whatever it may be, you're in a midnight, it is not a mistake. God was aware of that midnight before you ever got there. He's seen you in the midnight. He's seen you through the midnight. He sees you after the midnight. I'm trying, I wish to God somebody would help me. We've got something worth praising God for. We cannot stop praising God in the midnight hours. If you're ever going to get from midnight to daylight, you're going to have to learn to shout through your storms. So many people, they throw their hands up but it's not in praise. It's in it's in it's in a uh, surrender. I, I I quit. I'm done. They wave the white flag. You know, you can wave a hanky and rejoice. You can wave one and quit, whichever way you want to mean it. And so there's a lot of people, that's what they'd have done. I'll be honest with you. I mean, if I was to get thrown in jail tonight over preaching the Word of God, I hope that I could be able to pray and have this attitude of praise. And I really hope so. But but we're looking at two men that done it. God give us an example in His Word. Of how do we go from midnight to daylight? They continue to praise their Lord. And I say God heard their prayers and instead of breaking them out, God broke in. Isn't it amazing that you can pray in the midnight hour? You may not get out of your midnight, but God get in your midnight with you. God give them the option. If you really want to get technical, when he busts the doors down, they had a choice. Are we going to leave this place or are we going to stay where God is even though it's a prison cell? God interrupted their prayer and their praise. How many of y'all know that's what He does? Can I say this tonight? Uh, what you'll find is if you pray and sing praises despite it being midnight, what you'll find is, is God will break in to your situation and to your life. I want to say secondly tonight, in order to go from midnight to daylight, not only do you got to continue to praise, but number two, you must confide in God's power. Confide. That word confide, if you were to look it up in the Webster 1828, it means to trust. It means to rely on. It means this, listen. It means to rely on with a persuasion of faithfulness. In other words, if you confide in the Lord's power, you are trusting in His power because His power has been proven faithful. Can I say God don't need you to be in the sunlight for Him to be God? God don't need us to be on the mountaintop putting a flag of victory up singing it as well with my soul to maintain his strength he's God and he's good at being God whether it's midnight or daylight or somewhere in between God that can be confided in the power of God can be trusted in the midnight hour look at verse 26 the Bible said suddenly they've been praising God through their prayer and singing suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bands were loose. Can I say just because it's midnight where you and I may be don't mean it's midnight where God is. Matter of fact, the Bible said in Revelation 21, 23, and the city had no need of the S-U-N sign, neither of moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. You know there's no sun or moon in heaven because the S-O-N is the light and is the sun. But can I say, listen, somebody ought to shout, it does not matter how dark or how dim that life gets on me and you, the sun, S-O-N, is still shining 
Amen. Did you know above every storm and above every front and above every black cloud, the sun is still shining? Did you know a storm don't overthrow or overpower the sun? It just moves. I mean, that's how it's raining here. And it's sunny in Georgia. And them girls are swimming. It's been raining. It's sun shining somewhere. And did you know if we had the ability to go above those clouds, it's been producing rain today that the sun is still shining above the clouds. Uh, I'm trying to tell you tonight, you can confide in the power of God in your midnight hour. How to go from midnight to daylight. You can trust in His power. Hold on. God's still in control. Think about this. I am definitely no scientist or no student of science. But here's what I know. There's some things that must take place for an earthquake to occur. Would you agree? There's some things that have to take place for an earthquake to occur. I, I don't know, and I'm probably going to tell it wrong. I don't. Again, I've not looked into it and did short and take time to learn it in school. But I know this: there's a shifting in the plates in the plate tectonics. I think is what they're called. That's a big word. That sounds like something you spray on your boots to go deer hunting. Down tectonics, amen. <laughs> I'm an idiot. And uh, but I know that there's a shifting. There's something in the earth that causes an earthquake. Can I say when God formed the earth? You know, in Genesis, the Bible said, in the beginning, God said. Let there be this, let there be that. And God made the earth. Did you know before the very foundation of the world, God had already prepared what needed to take place to take care of His men, Paul and Silas, in this prison cell? That ought to help somebody tonight. Did you know before the foundation of the world, before you were ever born, and by the way, we were all born, I need you to be a little spiritual and have a little discernment. We were all born a prisoner. We were all born in a prison cell to our own sin. We would have died a prisoner's death on death row and went to hell. But did you know before the foundation of the world, y'all ever read your Bible, He was a lamb slain before before we, you and I, ever got to our midnight. God had already made a way out of our midnight. How do you go from midnight to daylight? You confide in God's power confide in God's power. Thirdly, in order to go from midnight to daylight, in order to go from midnight to daylight, I want you to see this. This is very important, I think. You must consider other people. Look at verse 27. Verse 27, And the keeper of the prison Awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword, would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And he called for a light. And then verse 30, What must serve, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved, and thine house. In verse 33, He took the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, was baptized, he and all his. Verse 34, And when he had brought them into his house... Look, look, look at verse 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners. Y'all see Paul and Silas are not the only people in this scenario here. There's three groups of people tonight. The Lord showed me and I want to make an application to them. First of all, if you're going to go from midnight to daylight, you need to consider other people. 
In other words, you, you can't just quit because it's midnight because there's three groups of people that are dependent on God's people to make it from midnight to daylight. Number one, we see those who are shackled. Look at verse 26. Or verse 25. And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed saying praise God and the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Can I say this tonight? I, you, could, you could view this many different ways but the way that I thought about it, the way the Lord gave it to me when I was looking at this, how to go from midnight to daylight and you got to consider other people, those who were shackled. I, I'm going I'm to preach these prisoners like they're Saved. I know that kind of sounds odd, being shackled, but think about this. How many people are saved, but they're still tied down to something? Let, let, let me ask you this. How many people are saved, but they've never cut loose for God? They're still tied down. I mean, you can be as saved as the Apostle Paul and never cut loose. You know how many people has been in church for 30-something years and they've never had a shouting fit? They're tied up. You're tied up. I, listen, there's something about when God looses a man. When God, when God sent for that donkey, of that cold of an ass, that foal of an ass that was tied up, He sent His two disciples down there. The first thing they'd done was unloosed Him. You know what that donkey was used for? The Lord Jesus Christ was going to get on His back. And he was going to carry Christ. How many of y'all heard me preach that message? May we carry Christ like an old donkey. And God chose a donkey instead of a white stallion because the emphasis was on Jesus and not what was on Our lives ought to carry him. Our, our worship ought to show him. Our attendance in spiritual things, whether it be church or at home in prayer, it ought to uplift God. And there's too many people that are tied down. You know what they need to see you and me do? Continue on from midnight to daylight. Can I say this? I don't. I don't just shout. Have you ever? Have you ever shouted and rejoiced over something God done for somebody else? If you ain't, there's something wrong with you. Sure, I'm going to rejoice over what God's done for me. But how many of y'all sick and tired of hearing me talk about what God's done for this one and that one, what God's done in, 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 the, in this family and in that family and in that family? I mean, I can't help it. You know what it does? When I see people go through the midnight hour and they stay faithful and eventually the sun shines and they go from midnight to daylight, it loosens me. It sets me free. It knocks the shackles off my feet. I want to rejoice with them. I to praise God with them. That's exactly what God does here in our text. You don't know why you can't quit? Because there's somebody watching you. I ain't talking about at work. I'm talking about here. That still ain't never cut loose. And one of these days, they're going to watch God do something in you and through you and for you going from midnight to daylight. You know what those who are shackled need? They need set free. They need set free. Can I say faithfulness pays off? It's not just pleasing to the Lord. It pays off in this life. Right. Just be faithful. Uh, I, I, I remember, and I wish I could say it's been a decade ago, but not too long ago. I'd come in on a night like tonight, and it would ruin my whole night. I'd come in, and two or three's mad, and two or three's left. Ain't that a blessing? Finances are through the bottom of the mud hole and right in the middle of all that, people's leaving church. You know what I'd do? 
I'd come in with my lips stuck so far out. I'd be angry and mad and bitter and sad all at the same time. Do you know what God's taught me through the years? Even in the midnight, He's still faithful. And if we'll be faithful, you know what I've watched God do over the last over eight years now? Take these moments, these situations that we're in, and He don't keep us here. We will go from midnight to daylight. We will. If you'll stay faithful to God, and you know what happens usually? In those midnight seasons of the church when we come out and it's daylight, somebody who wasn't so free and who wasn't so loosed, all of a sudden they become loosed. Why? Because they've watched God take our church, take me, take you from midnight to daylight. Those who are shackled, they need set free. But what about this? you you got to consider other people. You can't just quit because you've got to look at other people. Not only do we see those who are shackled, but, but here I see those who are asleep. You know what they need? They need saved. Those who are shackled need set free. Those who are asleep need saved. Look at verse 27. And the keeper of the prison awakening out of his sleep. There's something about when God shows up in the midnight hour, it's, it has a tendency to wake up those who are sleeping. The keeper of the prison awakening out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword, would have killed himself. Supposing the prisoner had been fled, but Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light. Does everybody see the type? You know what a sleeping man is? A dead man in the Bible. Sleep is always associated with death. When God put Adam into a deep sleep, he put him to death. And from his death come his bride. That's a type in the picture of the church. When Jesus died, from his death come the church. Everybody see these things. And so here we find those who are asleep, they're dead, they need saved. Notice what he calls for. He called for the light. When God starts shaking the sinner, they call for one thing. What would that be? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We'll come to him, we'll no longer abide in darkness. Notice verse number 29. He called for light, sprang in, came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what's the first thing on this man's mind? What must I do to be saved? Right. Yeah. You don't know why I mean you've got to stay faithful in the midnight hour? And how we've got to stay with God and we'll go from midnight to daylight because we, we've got to consider other people. Yeah. What if God uses our midnight to shake up a sinner? For him to get saved. For him to wake up. I would say it's worth our midnight. What if God used our going, our our process from midnight to daylight to to deal with those who are shackled. Maybe those who are saved but, but they've never been cut loose. They've never given it all. What if God used that time, that season to set them free and to save those who are lost? What about the third group? Not only should we consider the people, we see those who are shackled, those who are asleep, but then we see those who are just simply bystanders. Look at verse 32. They spake unto him. He said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And brought them out. And and, and verse number 32. uh, And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. Verse 33. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and was baptized, he and all his. 
Verse 34, And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing God with all his house. You know what these are? These are just bystanders. They're not in prison. They're not the keeper of the prison. But they're the family of the keeper of the prison. And so what I'm trying to get you to see is we must consider other people when we're going from midnight to daylight because there's some who are shackled. They need set free. There's some who are asleep. They need saved. But you know what these bystanders needed? They needed a servant and a sermon. You know what that jailer goes from being the keeper of the prisoners, keeper of the prison to a servant of God. First thing he does, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and he'll save you and your house. Okay, I believe they baptized him. He washed their stripes. They had been beaten. Boy, there's so much preaching here. They had been beaten. But once this man gets saved, he then begins to take and wash their stripes. Now, if you go back to the Good Samaritan story, you understand that he didn't just simply take water. If you compare scripture with scripture, you know what that good Samaritan done when he took that man and he and he the Bible said he took him and put him in the inn and he 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 put salve he put oil healing ointment on the wounds. I believe this jailer don't just take an old dirty rag and some water, but he's washed them and he's put healing ointment on those stripes that they suffered persecution for Jesus' sake. So we see all of a sudden a man who had been guilty of putting stripes on men is now taking special ointment, oil type of picture of the Holy Ghost and washing those stripes. He's a new creature in Christ. Old things passed away. Hold all things become new. But it don't stop there. The story just keeps getting better. I've got a wife and some boys and some girls at home, Ben. You reckon what God done for me, he can do for them. Absolutely. The jailer becomes the servant. Ain't this how it works? Yes, sir. And the servant goes to the bystanders who don't even know what's going on other than there was just a humongous earthquake. Did y'all catch that on? I mean, y'all wake up. He comes home from work and I can you okay? There's just an earthquake. Oh, oh, there's more than just an earthquake. Let me tell you what just happened to me. You see, these preachers right here, this is Paul. This is Preacher Paul. And that's Silas. And, honey, you'll never believe it, but they was in there praying and worshiping God. And I, I thought they was crazy. All of a sudden, that earthquake hit, and, and God knocked all the prison doors down, broke loose all those who were shackled and bound up, and, and, and I was fixing to kill myself because I thought, boy, if all these prisoners get loose, that Roman Empire sure enough is going to cut my head off. You know what he'd have done if he'd have fell on his sword? He'd have died and went to hell. Why should you be faithful going from midnight to daylight? You've got to consider other people. Instead of falling on his sword and dying and go to hell, he was saved. He became the servant. This is how how household salvation works. Some old boy come in and get, get the absolute banana pudding saved out of him. He has to go home. And he has to tell his family, you'll never believe it. I can't believe he'd save somebody like me, but he did. And then you know what he does? He takes them to the sermon. You listening? He, he asked, what must I do to be saved? They preached to him. Believe on Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And thine house. 
And he said, boy, if that'll work for me, I better work for him. So it's a type, if you will, a picture in our day. He would bring them to church. Now we understand he took the preachers to the house, but everybody follow me. And sometimes it works that way. But nonetheless, a servant is born after salvation. These bystanders, there's three groups of people. Those who are shackled, they need set free. Those who are asleep, they need saved. And those who are bystanders, they need a servant. Somebody to, to serve the Lord, witness, be a light, and they need a sermon. They need to give them to church. What if we fold up and close up shop because it's midnight? How many people will remain in shackles? How many people will stay asleep? And how many bystanders will never know anything but something was stirring at one point? It woke me up in the middle of the night, but I never, nothing else ever come of it. Can I say this place is shaking the foundation in a lot more ways and a lot more lives than me and you even realize? We think nobody's paying no attention. They are. That person that you think has absolutely no regard for church or God or you or your church or religion or whatever you want to call it, they do. And it's going to take them watching you stay faithful from going from going from midnight to daylight that God's going to shake them. Some of them saved, they just need set free. Some of them's lost, they're asleep, they need saved. Some of them simply bystanders. They're not, they're just part of it. But they're going to be impacted because you have stayed faithful from midnight to daylight. Can I say this? You never know what kind of negative influence you may leave if you quit during the midnight hour. But notice this. You never know what kind of positive influence you may leave. And you may have if you stay faithful during the midnight. I dare say Paul and Silas and those other prisoners who were there, the jailer, his family, they're all enjoying the daylight now. Isn't it amazing what God can do in the night? Isn't it amazing what God can do in dark times? Isn't it amazing He don't have to have the sun to shine for Him to be the sun that shines? Lastly, I want to give you this. When you go from midnight to daylight, I want you to see what God will do for you. God will convict and convince your perpetrators. He will convict them and convince them. There's something to that person. We don't have time to read it all, but I do want to jump up and read you a few verses. Look there in Acts 16. And, uh, man, there's so much I could read here, but... Let's just look at verse 9. We'll jump around real quick. Verse 9 said, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia. He prayed to him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately he endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathered that the Lord had called us <clears throat> for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, loose from Troas, uh, we came straight uh, with a straight course to Big Sam right there. And the next day to Neapolis and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia. Now, let's, let's look on down. Verse 14. A certain woman of Lydia, seller purple, the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. She attended unto things which were spoken of Paul. When she was baptized for household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful, Lord, come to my house by there. She constrained us, came to pass. As we went to prayer, certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, 
These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And see, he came out the same hour. Now notice. And when her master saw that the hope of her gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas, drew them into the marketplace under the rulers, and brought them unto the who? The magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Does everybody see how they got there? Now notice what God will do if you'll stay faithful from midnight to daylight. He will convict and convince your perpetrators. Notice what the Bible said. Look in verse 35. Here it is. They've been saved. Those who were shackled have been set free. Those who were asleep have been saved. The bystanders have received a servant and a sermon. They too are saved. Verse number 35. And when it was day. We're in daylight now. Magistrate sent. Uh, when it was day, the magistrate sent the surgeon saying, Let those men go. The keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul. Notice what Paul says. The magistrates have sent uh, to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. Notice this. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privily or privately? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. The surgeons told the words of the magistrates and they feared. When they heard that they were Romans, they came, besought them, brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city and they went out of the prison. I need you to notice a few things quickly. First of all, I want you to notice the actions of Paul. God broke in. And in turn, we find that the jailer gets saved and so Paul and Silas go to the jailer's house. Did we just read that? They sit down and eat meat. He and all his house, they're all rejoicing over what good things God has done. And then there at the house, the magistrate sent word through the surgeon saying, let these men go. They realize we have bit off more than we can chew. Every door in our prison's busted down. I mean, the jailer's saved, his family's saved. We're in bad shape. You know what Paul says? At his house, no. They're not letting us go privately when they made a public when they made a public, what's the word I'm looking for? Example out of me and Silas. Notice what Paul does. He goes back to the prison. Y'all reading your Bible? He leaves this man's house and goes and incarcerates himself again. Why? To show those men a few things. Can I say those same men who had slandered him, verse 19 through 21. Those same men who had stripped them naked, verse 20, uh, 19 through, through verse, or excuse me, verse 22. Those men who had striped him or beaten him, verse 22 through verse 23. Those men who had shackled them, verse 23 and 24, would now have to publicly release them. And here's why. It would clear their name, putting away all the false accusations from verse 19 to verse 21. Their perpetrators had to let them go publicly. Verses 38 and 39. Isn't it amazing how God does things? Can I say He has a funny way of silencing those who oppose and oppress His people? He will get the last say. So Paul goes back to prison. 
You know what happens? It's it's some talk of the town now. Those men that was preaching and that was praying, not only did they get their information wrong, by the way, this is just like the world. You know when the you know when the magistrates feared Paul when they heard that Paul was Roman? Had nothing to do with he was an ambassador of Christ. So, oh snap, I thought he was a Jew. That's that's one of our own. We just done one of our own that way. See, that's you know, that's the attitude of the world. Had nothing to do with Christianity. But nonetheless, God got the glory. And they had to eat crow when it came to Paul and Silas. Now listen to me. Paul did not do this in an arrogant way. Paul, Paul kept his... I just went dead, I think. Yellow. Paul upheld his testimony in the sight of his perpetrators. In other words, just because God busts the prison doors down and I'm over here eating with a jailer who's now saved, I'm going to go back. We're going to do this thing the right way. You know what You know what it done to them? It convicted them. And it also convinced them. There's something to Can I say you've got a whole bunch of perpetrators and, 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 and naysayers just like I do? But you know what's going to silence them and convict them and convince them there's something to you? When they watch you go from midnight to daylight. Everybody's Christian. Don't we know that? You don't meet sinners no more. But very few will be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, Well, we know our God is able to deliver us from the fire, but if not, we're going anyways. Very very few Daniels left. You pray one more time, we're throwing you into the, uh, into the den of lions. Not only did he pray, he opened his windows so everybody downtown could hear him. What did they do? Threw him in the threw him in the den of lions. But what did God do? Convicted, convicted, and convinced the perpetrators. He shut the mouth of the lion. What does Paul and Silas do here? Did they pout? No, they praise. And because they praise and sing praises, God silences the mouth of the naysayers, hushes the persecutors and the perpetrators. And gets glory. And I dare say there was a bunch of them there went home that night thinking, there's probably something to this man Jesus. So I want to ask something tonight. Are you willing to stay faithful from the days of midnight, the times of midnight to daylight? Let's all stand. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be here. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is to stand and preach the Word of God. Lord, I pray tonight that you'll help the hearts of your people do a work in us that only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.